Hello, this is Lynn Hardy with Agape Christian Fellowship. This is our tea and coffee meeting, a time where we discuss revelations from the, from the Lord. Um, first, a brief message is given and then a question and answer session. So if you're free um, on Tuesdays, you can take a look at our website and see when the next meeting is because we would love for you to join us. Today, we are talking about um, hearing from the Holy Spirit through word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and prophecy. And after the message, we'll have questions and an a question and answer, a tea and a coffee portion. So while you're listening to this, if you have any questions, <laughs> just write them down, put them in the chat, and we'll come back to them. Um, if you're watching this later online, go ahead and put them down, and one of our team members will come and, and if we, um, answer any questions we're able to. So it's a tea and a coffee time, time like the disciples had. Um, the, the first church, they were called agape meetings where they sat and they ate. Um, some people would talk, the elders, and then they would discuss what was going on in the church. They would discuss the things of God. So that's what we're doing here today. We're enjoying each other's fellowship. So if you're ready today, uh, we, if you have pencil and paper, a Bible is always good because we're going to be giving you lots of scriptures to back up what we're saying. Today, we are talking about how to hear from the Holy Spirit through that louder voice, the voice of the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and even prophecy. What does it sound like? How do we flow in it? Is there a way to activate it and get it to, to happen more? All these things we're going to be talking about today. Let's see, um, on rare occasions, you know, the Holy Spirit should be our constant companion. As we discussed last week, he speaks in a small, quiet voice. And that quiet voice we have to learn to hear. And just like there's that small, quiet voice that should be our constant companion, there is also the louder voice of the Spirit. So, um, hold on just a second. Sorry about that. <laughs> just a muted uh, microphone that was a little noisy. So, just like we have the small voice of the Holy Spirit, we have the loud voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, the loud voice are the gifts of the Spirit. Um, why do we get this louder voice? And it can be uh, come in many different ways. Well, there are three main reasons. When the issue is critical and we need to act, he doesn't have time to whisper sometimes. And you know, he, it's, there's a saying that the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, but nowhere in the Bible does it really say that. He, he is gentle, um, but when necessary, he can speak loudly. When there's a critical situation, he can speak loudly to you. Um, also, when he expects you to act upon it, often we get discernment and, and uh, words, louder speakings from the Holy Spirit because he expects us to do something. And then the third reason why is because it's a warning. Um, you know, stop, you know, right before you go into the intersection and you hit the brakes and a car flashes past you. That was the Holy Spirit saying, stop, don't go. Um, there's danger ahead. So those are the three main reasons. When it's critical, when it's something that you really need to know so you can stop going down the wrong path. When he needs you to act upon it. And when it's a warning where you're in great danger. Now, the more we draw close to God, especially once he reveals his plan, his destiny for your life, the more that strong voice, you'll hear it. 
and you'll be able to recognize it. Now remember, the gifts or the spirit are as the spirit spirit wills. It's him, it's him and him alone that activates it. It's he that decides what you hear and what you don't hear. So we're completely dependent upon the Holy Spirit. So remember that God is a God that loves variety. There are many types of flowers in the field. Just, uh, you know, if we had them all to, uh, together, each just one of each flower, they would fill up rooms. So we know that God is a God of variety. Look at human, at mankind. There are so many varieties of mankind. Just like there's differences in that, there's also differences in how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Now there's general categories that we'll talk about today, but the specific way he may speak to you could be very different from how he speaks to someone else. That's why we have the question and answer session so we can talk about it. And, and so you might not even realize you're hearing from God. You might not realize that's the Holy Spirit. But by talking about it and sharing with each other, we can learn more. So in the Hebrew language, the language of God's people, the, the people that God spoke to, that God moved through, there is no word for coincidence. Everything is a sign from either, for a sign according to the spiritual realm, either for good or for evil. So if there's coincidences in your life, it's up to us to figure out who's talking to us and why. And we do that by seeking God and seeking the Holy Spirit. The, there are several ways in which God speaks to us. The five most prevalent are the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophetic word, dreams, and visions. Now today we only have enough time to talk about three Tomorrow or next Tuesday, we'll talk about dreams and visions. So we're just going to do the word of wisdom and knowledge and a prophetic word and, and how to handle these things, how to judge them, um, what to do with them and what they can, what they sound like. Um, let's talk about the word of knowledge first. This is a gift from the Holy Spirit in first Corinthians two verses seven through 11. It gives the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Word of wisdom and word of knowledge are two of those, along with prophecy. Um, these are the speaking gifts, the way that God speaks into your life, and he expects you to speak into others often when these gifts come. When the word of knowledge, um, the Holy Spirit speaks to you in this way, it's a word of knowledge. It's information about something. It's about something that's happening right now in your life or another person's life. Most often it's your life. We get a lot of, word of words of wisdom about our words of knowledge about our own life, but sometimes we get it about others and we have to be very sensitive with how we handle this. Um, a, word, a word of knowledge should always confirm something that God has already placed in your heart. If somebody gives you a word from God and it doesn't connect with your life in any way, it could be because that person is listening to their own soul or um, they've missed it completely. Maybe that word was for them and they think it's for you. Uh, maybe it was for someone else or it could be actually the enemy, them listening to the enemy. So words of, of knowledge have to be judged. And the biggest thing is, does it speak to your life? Does it speak to something that God is already placing in your life? If somebody gives you a word from God and then asks for a gift, asks you, it, uh, this happened back in the 70s. It was kind of prevalent. P the gifts of the spirit were moving in power back then. 
and people and there would be people claiming to be prophets and they would start giving you words of knowledge and then give you a word of knowledge about something of value that you own and then ask for it say it's god's will for you to give that to me <laughs> so that's just highway robbery that's abuse of the gifts um it's up to the holy spirit to tell you if somebody has brought you something of value it's up to the holy spirit to tell you what to give back that's how you acknowledge you've heard from god you say oh that person brought me a word from god and so you acknowledge it and give it back and, and and so into that person's life you give an offering not to the person but to god so don't ever be fooled and um, let the enemy fool you by having somebody give you a word and proclaim that you owe them something for it you owe nobody but god and it's up to you and the holy spirit to decide what you're going to give to god um so think of the gift of a word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and even prophecy like have owning a satellite dish or i guess we no longer have to have a satellite dish it can just be a phone with data on it you can receive when you have a, a cell phone that that takes data that you can connect up to different receivers you can receive on that phone things from the enemy and things from God. You can receive good things and bad things. It just means you have a connection to the spirit realm. Same with these gifts. These gifts are often leave you leave your senses open to receive, but you can receive from either the enemy or from God. And it and that's one thing that you will have to also judge. And we'll help you at the end of this to know how to judge these things. So, remember we do have an enemy and he's in a he's leading a rebellion against god according to revelations 12 4 it says that he's taken a third of the angels with him he's a spirit being but he's not all-knowing like god so he just has his forces out there listening and keeping tabs on things so somebody can bring you you know a word of knowledge that oh they have no way of knowing that information it sounds like it's from god but they could be listening to the enemy instead of God, who that enemy could have had one of his minions standing there and hearing or, or seeing whatever he's referring to. So knowledge in itself doesn't necessarily mean it's from God. It just means they have received something from the spiritual realm. They have data. They have a cell phone with a data plan, and they can, he and they can receive stuff. But we still have to judge it. So a word of knowledge is something that's revealed to you um, or that you have no way of knowing. Often it can be um, a warning from the Holy Spirit about something you've forgotten, something you're missing, and it can be really loud, loud enough that you know, I have no way of having that information. Um, when it's about somebody else, it can be about their lives. Um, and you, the Lord might say, tell you when you see somebody, that person is really hurting. They had a really big fight with their parents or they had a really big fight with a sibling and so then the way you handle that would be to approach that person and say you know i'm a christian or you don't i might not have to say a christian you could say you know um i really think the lord was telling me um that you have had some issues with a family member um and he just wants you to know that he loves you and that might be all that god wants you to do with that word, you have to listen to the Holy Spirit about what he wants you to do and, and step out and when he tells you to do it. So that's a word of knowledge. Now, word of wisdom, the only way it really differs 
is that a word of wisdom is something usually about the future. It's wisdom that is, so knowledge is something that's taking place right now. Wisdom is something in the future. Perhaps someone is scheduled to go um, to a mission somewhere and God knows that there's a danger coming up and God might give you a word to say to them, you know, um, a word of wisdom about ignoring something or going a certain direction when they're on that mission. A word of wisdom should always seek to, to edify the body. That's what these uh, gifts do. Let's see. I'm getting off track of my of all my notes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm lost. <laughs> so word of so all of these gifts of the spirit are to edify the body. They're to build it up, to um, strengthen it. So it's not to tear down. It's God saying, I'm here and I love you. And by the way, I know about this and I will help. So um, Satan does not know the future, but he does have a good network. He could send somebody to tell you, oh yes, uh, your loan has been approved. But that loan could have been approved a week ago and he knew about it and then he's giving that to try and give that person credibility um, who's speaking from not a good spirit. So like I said, again, even though it looks like somebody's telling the future, you have to kind of be wise. We're supposed to be innocent as doves and wise as serpents. Um, is it something they could have known about beforehand by the wrong spirit? So the bottom line is this. The bottom line for every gift of the Holy Spirit is does it line up with the word of God? Does it line up with what you know about the Bible? Does it encourage and help and, or correct mildly, but lift up at the same time? Or is it to tear somebody down and make them feel hopeless? 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit, the special illumination and enabling by the Holy Spirit for the common good. That's why these gifts are given for the common good of God's people. 1 Corinthians uh, 14, 5 said, it talks about all the different gifts and it said, and they're specifically talking about the gift of uh, speaking in an unknown tongue, but they said, I would rather you prophesy so that the church may be edified. See, the purpose of these gifts is to edify the body, the worldwide church. Um, it should be, these gifts should be used for the common good of the body, not for your own good, not for your own benefit, not to make money, not to charge people for prayer. You only do what you're able to do through God and trust that God will provide. And God will let tell people they need to sew back in if they've heard from him. It's all about relying on God. So if, again, if a, if a word of wisdom or word of knowledge or even a prophecy makes you feel worthless, it's never from God because we are the most precious things to him. We are his, his children, his beloved so they should always make you feel the love of God, even with correction. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the last one. This is a prophetic word. This is the hard one because we have, the, we have a prophetic word given to you, but then there's also prophecies. What's the difference? Um, and what should we do with each one? How should we handle each one? And at the end, don't worry, at the end, at the end, we'll be getting to how to tell 
um, when this is happening to you so you can identify it better. And that's for the question and answer portion. Okay, prophetic word. So the Bible is filled with prophecies, both personal and corporate. There are three different types of, of prophetic words and giftings that we find in the word of God. We have prophecies that are corporately given. Um, there are prophecies from the word of God, prophecies from prophets. Those are people that are, have a calling of God on their life as a prophet. And then there's also the spiritual gift of prophecy, which we've been discussing, which is one of those nine gifts. It's for every believer, every person who is a Christian. Paul says, I wish that you could all have the gift of prophecy, that you should desire that above all others is the gift of prophecy. So each one of these is unique and each one has unique attributes. So we're going to discuss these clear and so we can clearly define each one so we know how to respond to them. Now, prophecies from the Bible. Despite the hundreds of prophecies about Jesus in the Torah, that's the Old Testament, the spiritual leaders of the day failed to recognize the Messiah. They had been waiting for him for generations, but they did not recognize Jesus as the Son of God. There are several prophecies in the Old Testament that are yet to be fulfilled concerning God. Sorry about that, a little mini break. There are many prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled in the, in the Old Testament about the coming of the Lord. It's the second coming. So could history repeat itself? Are there some that are in danger of missing that second coming? I'm afraid there are. The Bible talks about it quite clearly. The prophecies in the Bible are all, have all been judged and they're all true. So we know we can rely on them. But the difficulty in, in these type of prophecies is the interpretation, is how to apply them accurately to the world around you. So we will leave that type of prophecies alone for now. Just know that that is one type of prophecy um, and, we, and we will discuss it at a later date because that, oh gosh, we could go on for an hour just on that topic. Now, prophecies given by prophets. Why do we have a separation between prophecies given by a prophet and a prophetic word? These are two different things, but they're both prophecies. So remember, every believer should, should prophesy, should desire to prophesy. But then we have people who are called prophets. Well, when Paul speaks of the offices that should build up and edify the body, the whole church, and to help them, guide them, correct them, he mentions the five, what we call specific offices. And this is Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. So if you've ever doubted that God still uses prophets, here is the verse for you. It's in the New Testament. It's where God, is, where, where God and through Paul is talking about the, the corporate um, body and how he's gonna work and, and talk to them. He gave, so in Ephesians 4, 11, it says, he gave some apostles and some prophets some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, and for the edifying of the body. So you have 
these five things and right there in the middle are prophets. So yes, God is still using prophets in his church today. The th there are three things that are listed for the perfecting of the saints that we should do. We should, it's the perfecting of the saints, which is basically correction and guidance for ministry. That's for helping others. And there's for edifying the body, which is building up. So those are the three things that a prophet in any office should be doing if you're called into that. Now, remember, the difference between operating in the gift of prophecy and being a prophet is that you have to be called as a prophet. Um, there, can be, there are many people who operate in the gift of prophecy so well. Um, they speak, they hear so clearly. And so people start calling them prophets. But unless they have received a calling, unless they've heard God himself say, I call you as a prophet, then you're just operating in the gift of prophecy. Why is that important? The Holy Spirit told me, just as I began discussing this, he goes, oh, and by the way, and I went, oh, well, thank you for that. <laughs> the difference between a person operating in one of the differences in uh, the gift of prophecy and, the, and a person being a prophet is the fact that if you are um, a prophet and you say, thus saith the Lord, it has, can have harsher consequences for you. Remember in the Old Testament, if a prophet said, um, thus saith the Lord, and it didn't happen, he was stoned and all his, all his prophecies were destroyed. All his, all, every word he'd ever spoken because he spoke presumptuously. And so now they could no longer trust that prophet. So there's a difference between saying, thus saith the Lord, here's what God is saying, and saying, oh, here's a teaching. You know, here's what I understand. You know, those are two different things. Thus saith the Lord, and here's a teaching from a prophet. So just be aware, there's two different things. But saying, thus saith the Lord, has severe consequences for a prophet of God. But what does that mean to you? Well, you need to decide who, you're, who, you, who you are getting this from. Is it from a prophet or from somebody with a prophetic gift? The reason is this. If you receive something from a prophet, and it's a correction from God, a prophet is called the mouthpiece of God, then the consequences for that action will be so much harsher because you've heard from God. So that is the reason why we really need to know who this prophecy is coming from. If we have received a pro prophetic word, was it coming from someone who was a prophet, who was a mouthpiece of God, or was it just coming from someone operating in the gift of prophecy? If it's somebody operating in the gift of prophecy, it's just a stronger way of hearing from the Holy Spirit. And so you might, there might be some consequences for missing it, but not nearly as much if it came from an actual prophet. Okay, so what should you do if you get a prophetic word and who should give it? So again, 1 Corinthians 14.4 4 says, I wish that you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish that you could all prophesy. This chapter in Corinthians speaks about the edifying and the building up of the body. This is what prophecy should do when it's not coming from a prophet. So your first job is to decide, is this person a prophet or is this a prophetic word, just a, a gift of prophecy operating through this person? So this is what prophecy should do. It, um, it is one of the nine, well, first, let's go back and say it's one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. We have 
message of wisdom, word of wisdom, message of wisdom, uh, word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits or discerning of spirits, speaking in unknown tongues and interpretation of tongues. That's nine gifts. And prophecy is just one, but it's an important one because it should edify the body. It should build us up. These gifts are available to all Christians. But again, today we're just talking about hearing from the Holy Spirit and we often hear through the gifts of the Spirit. So now you know that someone may come into your life and you may get a word of prophecy, um, a prophetic word, a word of wisdom or word of knowledge. How should you respond to that? And um, this is how I've been led to believe that we should respond to it. It can be very challenging because if we accept the wrong prophetic word, we are accepting the spirit who urged the person to give it. We are working in agreement with that spirit. And this can bring, bring negative consequences in our lives. So we need to be careful and judge things when they're given to us. When it's an actual word from the Holy Spirit, from another person, it can do several things. It can convict us, meaning that we know we've done wrong and we need to turn from our path. It can irritate us, meaning that um, the irritation comes when the Holy Spirit meets another spirit, there's often irritation. So if there's a spirit plaguing you, a spirit that you've given a place in your life, and the Holy Spirit speaks from another person, sometimes it can cause some irritation. What, what right do they have to say that to me? You know, you, could, you can get into all kinds of, of things, that irritation, when somebody, the Holy Spirit speaks into your life. But most of the time, we are ready for the word and we'll accept it. Nine times out of 10, maybe 99 times out of 100. The Holy Spirit has prepared that person's heart and they're ready to accept it. So if you are giving out words of wisdom, words of knowledge and prophecy, and you find it's irritating a lot of people, you have to ask yourself, am I speaking from the wrong spirit or are they operating in the wrong spirit? And you need to be really honest with yourself because this is a big deal. You don't want to be speaking and operating from a wrong spirit. So remember when the Holy Spirit meets another spirit, there's a clash and there's often irritation. Remember Paul was irritated when the woman followed him around declaring, oh, here comes Paul, the anointed of God or something like that. You know, she was declaring his greatness to all the city, but it irritated him because it wasn't fueled by the Holy Spirit. She wasn't honoring him from the Holy Spirit. It was a, another spirit that was trying to trouble him. So um, it should only happen. You should, it should only cause irritation once in a very great while. So if you're doing it more often than that, then it's time to start examining your life and seeing what's going on. Okay, um, a, a word from the Holy Spirit can also motivate us. It can urge us to start seeking God and seeking our destiny with him. It can also edify us and it can build us up and make us feel like, oh God, you really love me. You know me, you care about me. And that strengthens our connection with God. That's edifying our spirit. So a false word, a false word uh, um, in any of these three categories may do what uh, many Christians call tickling your ears. That means it boosts our ego because it sounds good. 
how many of you have received a prophetic word? You're going to be so wealthy. You're going to prosper. God is going to bring abundance to your life. That's a tickling your ear prophecy. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know, that it's just them saying, oh yes, you're going to have good stuff. And it's going to make you feel good to hear it. Um, what good does that do? How does that edify your, your, your strength with God? How does that edify your communion with him? So just be warned that there are many tickling your ears prophecies. What it should do, it should, when we receive a prophecy, um, it should touch something deep inside of us. That's the Holy Spirit. And there should be this knowing that it is done. Now, that's different from hoping of, oh gosh, yes, that's an awesome prophecy. Man, Lord, I can't wait till that happens. Yay. Okay, that's a, yeah, a hope. That's not a knowing. But when it's the voice of God, it'll impact your spirit and you will know that it is done. It will motivate us to pursue God, to pursue the Holy Spirit more, not to pursue the thing. If the word, is, if the word given to you, the prophecy given to you, motivates you to, to seek the world more, then it's not from God. God's desire is for us to know him more. So these words should, should send you towards God, not seeking where that financial blessing is, waiting for that financial blessing, counting on that financial blessing. It should, be, it should urge you to count on God, to seek God, to want to spend time with him. That those are the true gifts of the true speaking of the Holy Spirit to us through these things. So if you don't receive that firm, you know, oh, that's the Holy Spirit and I know it's done. The proper way to handle that word is to say, I will keep this in an open hand before the Lord. What this means is, boy, that sounds good. You know, and I'd really like for that to happen, but the Lord's will be done, not mine. I'm not grabbing it and taking it to me and saying, yes, 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 this is my prophecy, yay. I'm saying, Lord, if this is your will, then let it be done. I'm giving it, I'm, I'm holding it before you. I'm not throwing it away, you know, but I'm holding it before you saying, not my will, but yours. That is the proper response to a prophecy that you don't get that abounding um, surety from the Holy Spirit. There may be times where the Holy Spirit rises up and you know it's the Holy Spirit and, and it's a word that may hamper your destiny with, with God. It may, it, it may cause you damage and the Holy Spirit might raise, right, rise up and you say, oh, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Get behind me, Satan. Remember, Jesus himself did that. Peter, one moment, you know, he said, oh, Peter, to you have been given the keys of the kingdom. And the next minute, Peter was taking him aside and saying, Lord, you know, you shouldn't go to Jerusalem. They're going to kill you. You know, It's dangerous there. We shouldn't go. What did Jesus say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. You're not thinking of the things of God. You're thinking of what you want, the things of man. So um, th there may be times when you need to reject it soundly. You know that it's a hampering word and you reject it and say, I rebuke it. Rebuke is a word that means to cripple. I, I cancel, I cancel that word, I don't accept it, I'm not letting that word touch me because it's so bad. Now, you must be careful because you don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Remember, um, rejecting things of the Holy Spirit, saying that the things of the Spirit are actually um, from the enemy is grieving him, and that's one of the unpardonable sins. You don't want to do that. 
you never want to grieve him. So you should only do this when you're super sure. I've only done it once. Once in all my life have I said those words to someone. Only once have I, have I so sternly rejected something. So, and that was something that was attacking me and my family, saying we're all going to die. <laughs> and, so, and I knew that wasn't God's will. I knew that was from the enemy. I knew immediately where that was coming from. And so in that case, when somebody said, you and your whole family are going to die unless you listen to me, I went, get behind me, Satan. I rebuked that word. I don't accept it. That's a curse I do not accept. So, <laughs> so that's a good point. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So if it's a curse upon you and your family, a curse upon your thing, uh, your, your material things, that can't, you definitely think about rebuking those. <laughs> that, you don't want to accept those curses. But remember, in the Bible, was it Ananias, A-N-I-S or something, was sent to Paul and said, Paul, thus will be your fate if you go to wherever. And he wrapped something around his hands and, his, and like he was going to be shackled. So he told Paul, if you, if you proceed on this course, God says you're going to wind up in chains. And Paul went anyways, and he wound up in chains. So that's the thing you have to consider. Has God already spoken to you that that's going to be your fate? Have you already accepted that fate? Is that just a confirmation that, yes, that's going to be your fate? Remember, Paul knew when he was going to die. He said, oh, my time's running short. I know my time is near. So he knew before he left on his journey, God made sure that he knew what was going to be the outcome. So when considering all of these things about prophecy, you want to consider that. And, and most of all, be led and guided by the Holy Spirit, the peace of the Holy Spirit. Um, the more you can be guided by him, the better things will get in your life. I promise you that. Okay, so let's talk about judging prophecy. So, so we have talked about prophecies given, right, and prophetic words given. Well, let's talk a little bit, just a little bit, about judging prophecy. I don't want to leave you guys hanging here, but I definitely want you to know how to judge prophecy for yourself. So there are three main things that may be a factor in how you judge that prophecy. First and foremost, does it line up with the word of God? You really need to take a look at it and make sure that everything that is said in that prophecy lines up with God's word. Two, past prophecies given by that person. And three, whether or not it comes true. So these are the three main factors that you should judge it by. And let's look a little bit more at each one of these. The Bible is the first and the primary source by which all things should be judged. Now it says the Holy Spirit, the peace, as we discussed last week, the peace of the Holy Spirit should be the umpire, meaning an umpire somebody calls right or wrong, right? That's a strike. That's not a strike. That's right on. So that peace should be the guiding factor. But the word is by what we judge things. Does it line up with what we know of God's character? Does it line up with the word of God? And not just one little verse. You need more than one little tiny verse in the Bible. Remember, um, in Jesus's day, when he had his disciples, they said, oh, uh, Oh, Jesus, there are people over there, and they're, and they're preaching about you, but they're not with us. I said, he, he, they asked, should we call down fire on them like they did in the, old, you know, in the Old Testament? And he said, no. So, yes, in the Old Testament, there were times that they called down fire. 
but at that instance, that wasn't necessary. So we have to judge it by more than just one thing in the Bible. We need to put the whole thing together, which means we need to read the Bible. <laughs> I hate to say it, but over and over again, but you need the word of God to be able to judge things. We'll talk about more about the word of God another time. I heard something very disturbing today about that. Okay, so we know that the word of God is true, that it reveals God to us. And so every prophecy should line up with that. God is never going to contradict himself, but it may look like he is. Remember, prophecies are tricky things. Jesus was both the lamb of God, the sacrifice for our sins, and the ruling lion. There were prophecies that said the same thing. There were prophecies that said he was the lamb of God. There were other prophecies that said he was going to be the ruler and, and reign upon earth. Those are opposite prophecies, but both are true. So even if things seem to contradict each other, we have to be led by the Holy Spirit to know how they apply and how to apply them correctly. Remember, he is our teacher and our guide. He's the one who reveals all things to us. So you should also look at the past success rate of the prophecies from the prophet who has given it. Remember, like I said, there's a difference between thus saith the Lord and a teaching. He might have some teachings that are off, but look at the last prophecies they've given. How much of those prophecies came true? Are they just general prophecies? Oh, America will prosper. Okay, that's really general. Uh, it's 50-50 chance, you know, for that one coming true. It's going to prosper. It's not, you know. So look at the quality of the prophecies. Look at um, so are they being specific and have they come to pass? Many of you have heard the message on the Trump prophecies. One of the reasons why we can hold that up is say, is, and say that this was a prophecy from God is because he gave it in 2011. He received it. The, the man received it in 2011. And then in 2016, Trump became president. <laughs> and so if you look at the prophecy, you can actually see all the different things that came true around that. But that's on another video, <laughs> but that is what we should be looking for. How much of it came true? And if all of it isn't true, then throw the whole thing out. Remember, that's according to God's word. If, the, if a prophet gives a prophecy and you're looking at it, and that's the third, third reason we're on right now, coming true. If you're looking at a prophecy from a prophet and you see the first thing he said, said there's going to be a hurricane that's going to wipe out all of Florida and that doesn't come true, throw out the prophecy, you know? It obviously wasn't from God because it didn't happen. So, so that's the other thing you need to look at. Um, if part of it didn't come true, then all of it's not true. Well, a hurricane wiping out Florida in 2012, you know, and if it's past 2012 and that part of the prophecy didn't come true, throw it all out. Don't take part, of, don't try and take it apart. That's uh, not according to God's word. He said that a prophet spoke presumptuously. We were to kill them and to get rid of all their teachings. So throughout the whole thing. That's why it's so important to keep a record of prophecies. And before you accept one, go back and look at the other things they've said and see if they've come to pass. So that's a little bit about prophecy. Before we end and before we go to our um, tea and coffee portion where we can sit and chat and everyone talk about how the different ways to receive these things, how you receive them from God. Um, could this be from God? Before we ask all those questions, 
let's talk about how you can receive, operate, and walk in these gifts more. How many of you want to operate in these things? How many of you want to receive these gifts from the Holy Spirit? I know for so many years, I desired, really desired to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, to hear from Him and help people. But it, was, it wasn't until last year, maybe the year before, that I really started receiving a lot. So, most of you know, probably all of you here today, but on the video <laughs> um, later at a later date, many of you may not know that we have a team at Agape Christian Fellowship um, that's connected to a Facebook group, Courts of Heaven Worldwide. And we take members of the body of Christ into the throne room of God through prayer and all according to scripture. And it's, but it, we do this to serve the body. We do this to help them find out what the enemy has against them so they can be free. You know, how many of you know Christians that are sick and even some deathly sick and God hasn't healed them yet? Well, it's because we have an enemy and the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus paid for our eternal salvation. Yay, we get to go to heaven, best gift ever. But we, our sin can still allow the enemy to afflict us here. And we have the blood of Jesus has paid the price for that sin so that we can be free of that attack of the enemy, but we have to appropriate it. We have to know what is against us. And the way we do that is go by going through prayer into the courts of heaven and asking, asking God, what is against us? You know, where, what sin has allowed the enemy to afflict me? Is there anything holding me back from my destiny? By clearing these things out, we can hear more from God. We can receive more from him and we can walk quick, more quickly into our destiny. That is the purpose of the courts of heaven. It also brings healing because when you remove the sin that gives the enemy access, then God heals you. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't um, campaigns and, and meetings where the, uh, where the anointing of God is flowing and people are just getting healed right and left. But we've come to learn that 95% of those people wind up in the same or worse condition later. And I believe it's because this, they don't turn from that sin. They, they get healed by God and say, oh, thank you, God, and then go right back to doing whatever they were doing. Even the Lord Jesus, when he healed people, he said, now go and sin no more. Let something worse come upon you. When was the last time you heard that at a healing campaign? Go and sin no more. So the courts of heaven is where you find out what sin has allowed the enemy access. Now, don't worry, you still get to go to heaven if Jesus is your Lord. But if you want to be free and healed here, it takes pursuing God to get there. Okay, so um, how do, what does this have to do with the gifts of the Spirit that we've been talking about? Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and prophecy. We use, the Holy Spirit uses these gifts in the courts of heaven. Our teammates, um, many of us, including myself, started going to the courts without hardly hearing a word in the spirit. <laughs> we just started taking people in through, um, and, and we would link up with somebody who did, was operating in the gifts of the spirit, was able to see and hear. But many of us, we were guiding, we were doing the prayers and leading the prayers, but we couldn't see or hear. So as we escorted people last year, thousands of them into the father's presence, into before the judge, and we listened for charges from the Holy Spirit. We placed ourselves in his hand saying, Holy Spirit, speak loudly to us. Show us all that is against this person. Guess what? The words of wisdom, words of knowledge began flowing. 
Those gifts are so crucial in the courts of heaven. And when you give up your time to help others, when your heart is really eager just to help and edify the body, the Holy Spirit never disappoints. He will show up and he'll show up in your life if you pursue him, if you pursue God and your destiny. So um, now the courts of heaven isn't the only place. I mean, there's lots of other ways to pursue God. But if you pursue God and your destiny with him, then he, the Holy Spirit will add whichever gifts you need. If you're open to it, just ask the Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, I desire gifts from you. Whatever gifts I, I can use to help the kingdom, you just, you know, I trust that you'll give them to me. We didn't ask for the gift of, of seeing and hearing. It just happened. And so that's the reason why we say that we will take you to the courts of heaven with our team of seers, S-E-E-R-S. It's people who can see and hear in the spirit. It's just a short way of saying, instead of saying, oh, we're going to take you to the courts of heaven with people who have gifts of word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy, we just say seers. <laughs> so so the, these people, their eyes and ears have been opened. The Holy Spirit gives them gifts and gives them knowledge. So, so just like our team, you can also receive these gifts from the Holy Spirit just by seeking God and to do his work, and he'll open them up. If you would like to join us in the courts of heaven, um, it's, uh, become member, a member of our team, everything you need to know about the courts of heaven so that you can become a member of our team and work with us. If you don't have the gifts of the Spirit, don't worry about it. He'll supply whatever you need, whatever is right for you. Lots of information I know. Um, tomorrow, or we'll, we'll continue with the question and answer portion, and that will be on a separate video. Bye.